All right, welcome back to another episode of Chasing the Hug. We have a special episode for you here today where we are going to be going in a little bit more in-depth on some professional wrestling, a little bit of territory stuff here, Ooh. Mr. Nick. I am Steve Sackisitz with my tag team partner. I am Tarantula Jones. We also have producer Jason. Producer Jason, use your voice. I'm here. He is here, and we have a guest with us today. That guest being the man, the myth, the legend. If you are familiar at all with Earlham College Athletics and you are at a game and you hear a voice, and that voice is melodic, that voice whispers to you on what's going on, who's hitting, who's getting a dig, who might be scoring a basket. The man to my right, to your left, and straight across from you, Mr. Producer Fleener, it is the Brian Cox. Let's give it up for Brian Cox, please, everybody. As is warranted. I'm here. You're there. Thank you so much. Oh, you I'm so stole happy. my tagline. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so over. Oh. <laughs> so happy to be here. Big fan. Just caught up with episode 14 uh, last night as we record this. And uh, my man. you guys, you're you're on a rocket ship to start them. Well, you know, I'm just hitching my wagon. Here's the thing. We do it for people like you. The goal is to make those who maybe just don't have enough smiles in their life to get a couple more. Yeah, we're all about I, smiles. Yeah, you... you you provide. You are a provider. And let me tell you this. Speaking of smiles, you know what else will make people smiles? The dad joke of the day. <laughs> segway. Segway. That was a really good segue. It's like a mall cop segue. Paul Blart. So, Zach, got a question for you. Sure. Why do cows have hooves? Who oh, don't know. Because they lack toes. Oh. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. That's Hall of Fame. That's Hall so of Fame. Your first time being here, Brian. Give me a, if, if ten is the greatest dad joke you've ever heard. What would you give? That's that actually probably an eight. Yeah, I'm I gonna go eight. Out. Yeah, I liked it. Great coaching is theft. I still you know, had everything. Jokes. Yeah, it was it was fun. They they are lactose, and if you are lactose intolerant, we hope that you're listening. To me, that was the Sears catalog of dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard more of them. <laughs> you know, as the father of five, I never said dad jokes. Was, Get out of here nah, for real. Yeah, I just didn't care. Yeah, no, nah, nah, not I, jokes when you say them. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I decided I wanted to, you know, make sure my kids knew I was right. So oh, that's wow. what I spent all my time on, yeah. not dad jokes. Yeah. My kids would say that me thinking I'm right was the dad joke. Hmm. Maybe you should send them to a boot camp. <laughs> boot camp. Yeah, boot yeah. camp at the college. I got a t-shirt that says boots to you know what. Does that oh, count? No. Oh. My kids, yeah, they, they got upset. And I don't want to hijack the show, but my you're kids good. get upset. Is I don't know, you're gen- you three gentlemen, what you think about this. But I am a strong believer in that I can't hurt your feelings. You allow your feelings to get hurt. Oh, amen. I agree. It's, it's impossible for me to hurt your feelings. Like, there's literally nothing anybody could say to me that would hurt my feelings. I agree with you. And it infuriates every member of my household, especially the the ladies of the house. And there's something. To, there's something to being honest. There's something yeah. to be genuinely you, authentically you. I completely agree. I always told my kids, no one can embarrass you but yourself if you allow yourself to be embarrassed. So you know, we practice on you know not getting that way or down or feeling out of pocket when something weird or strange happens. Just laugh with it. Go with it. It's your life. Absolutely. And it, the, with the caveat that I don't purposely go out of my way to to upset you or you know to put you in a bad mood but again you chose to be in a bad mood but you know if you have an issue with you know not wearing socks i'm not going to purposely walk around and go ha look at you not wearing socks you no. know in a mean way but oh, that's what know, we're doing if that upsets you that's your fault and but see that's why we created this podcast called chasing the hug so if you don't want to wear socks it's okay we'll make a, a topic about not wearing socks yeah, if you we want to wear you. socks we'll talk about that as well too because the goal is to make those out there whatever they like to listen to we're going to talk about chase that hug baby maybe his toes are so 
just majestic that they don't need socks. I've showered next to him and I've looked down mm. as picking up the soap. <laughs> and those things, those piggly wigglies are not anything attractive. I they will tell are. You. It's my least least attractive feature is my toes. Well, we'll see. If you've ever we'll seen see. the train we'll from, uh, <laughs> from Robin Hood, from Men, Robin Hood Men in Tights, his toes look like latrine. <laughs> Used to be. <laughs> That's where you insert the beep. I didn't say it. <laughs> We're really cleaning the show up today, folks. All right. Well, Brian, why are you here? What is the goal of us learning a little bit about? Give us a background of yourself. Where, how did you get to Richmond? And I think that plays into why you're here for the topic of what you're here for today. Yeah. So I moved to. I was born and raised in Waco, Texas. So I was. Bo- I'm the oldest person in the room. So I was born in 1973. I will be oh, 50 wow. in April as we record Congrats. this a few months. Yeah, you look so young. I know, I, you know I, I I do have a face for radio, mm. but um, so I moved to Richmond in 93 and uh, actually it was one month before the Branch Davidian situation. You were yeah. 20, by the way. What's that? I did the math. You were 20. I was 20. That's mm-hmm. a fact. That's really good. Man, see, that's how you get to be a head coach, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, as you're listening. That's just, taking, that's picking straight C's on your math exam. Straight C's to get to, you know, advanced calculus because it... <laughs> So yeah, I moved. I moved to Richmond in '93. Got a job at a bank here in town. Uh, met my future wife, and actually, I um, you know took a picture of her stealing from the vault to blackmail her into. Oh, that's really smart. Me. Yeah, I wish I thought of that. Look, when you look like me, you gotta you gotta do everything you can. <laughs> so no selling yourself. I think you're an extremely attractive man. Well, I totally date you. You're you're very intelligent, but uh, maybe. Maybe you need to go see Dr. Rising. Um, <laughs> free plug out. Dr. There you go. We love you, Dr. Rising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> free plug out. So, uh, yeah. So I moved here in 93. I met my wife, as I said. We got married and had a child about eight months later. And that's when I got fat. Mm, and that's how it happens. As you, you know, I moved from Texas where you're playing, you know, pick up football all the time. Yep. I moved here. I was like 160 pounds, maybe. Um Wife gets pregnant. It's winter. And I don't know if you know, but winter in the north is a little bit different than winter in the south. And next thing you know, I'm just like a bowling ball. I'm like, good Lord, what happened? So mm-hmm. you're beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Jason. God, That's the Jason. nicest thing you've ever said to anyone ever. I know. Jason needs more airtime. No, he doesn't. No, no. Yeah. With, with comments to. like that, he needs Jason needs time. the iron claw. That's what he needs. Oh, so, yeah. So that's uh, that's why I'm here to give you all things Waco and or Texas. And it ties in with uh, your perfect segue that, um, you know, about wrestling. Yeah, I grew up being a wrestling fan. And, and talk about. Um, so we had talked a couple weeks ago uh, about the Sportatorium, which is a big wrestling or a venue, I think, near Dallas area. Yes, um, and so with that, probably who would you say um, ran the biggest territory in the Texas area? And then kind of talk a little bit about um, uh, the bigger stars that came out of that territory. Well, in you can think about it, late 70s, early 80s, the, the oil business was doing pretty well. Uh, if you also remember, that was when Dallas, the TV show, mm-hmm. was, you know, kind of came into the foray. JR, so there were, who J- Oh, I love JR. JR is like my spirit animal. Do you know, you know what that means, Fleener? Who oh, shot JR? Yeah. I think I was named after someone on, off of Dallas. Or well, if you were, then you don't show. make it to the second, the next yeah, season. Yeah, that's something so. you need to have tattooed on you because that's a badge of honor. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, in, the, in that time frame, I think Dallas had more cachet. I mean, there, you know, it was the kind of the beginning of the the glamorization mm-hmm. of of the cowboy or the oil 
oil tycoon or cattle baron and that type right. of thing. And, it, you know, the Cowboys were good then. Um, they had come off of losing a couple of Super Bowls and they were going back, you know, again, in the early 80s, you know, they lose the championship game to the Niners. And who? Who'd they lose to? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I don't like to say it because, uh, you know, it was an NFC Championship game. Yeah, right? Everson Walls, you know, probably should have batted that ball down. But anyway, yeah. but anyway, there was a lot of good things happening. And that's why I think I would say that the territory uh, that Fritz ran in Dallas was bigger. Uh, Fritz. Fritz von Eric. Fritz von Eric. Jack Atkinson. Uh, the, yeah. the Houston territory, San Antonio territory, Houston probably was was good. But we, being in Waco, we, we're 90 miles south of Dallas, 90 miles north of Austin. Mm-hmm. So that's typically going to be you're going to get all the Dallas TV stations. You're not going to really do much with Houston. So there's more Cowboys fans than Oilers. And right. So there, the focus was Dallas. And if honestly, if you had Dallas, you kind of had everything is it just was becoming glamorous. And and boy, do they have everything? Because I'll tell you, the Von Erichs were as over as anything, you know, as apple pie in America, they mm. were it. And honest to goodness, I, I really think any one of those boys could have run for any office in Texas and, yeah. and won easily. So it just was a, a really good time to, to be in Texas, honestly. And talk a little bit about the Von Erichs there. So you talked about Fritz, who was the father. Um, kind of go a little bit about uh, a little bit in background of him, but then also on to his boys, who um, I believe one of those uh, Von Erichs would probably be seen as the most famous one that actually was probably the only one actually to make it over to what we call territory now, the WWE, the New York right. territory, yeah, absolutely. which would have been um, his WWE name at that time, WWF, would be the Texas Tornado. Yeah, so Fritz started out as uh, the patriarch. He started out as a wrestler, and, and that's where his moniker came from. Fritz Von Erich, he was like a... a a bad Nazi. I know that's, that's a, you know, you don't need to say bad Nazi. You know, it's like good success, you know? So he was, he was a Nazi sympathizer kind of guy. And uh, so he was just in real life. No, no, (laughs) he was a heel, just a classic straight kayfabe. Now keep in mind at this time, I know you guys talked about kayfabe in a previous episode. This was at a time where, that was all, you know, more quote unquote real to right. people because kayfabe was a big deal. Right. They kept everybody separated and heels legitimately brought heat. Um, so then his three older boys, he had one that died at a little kid, uh, Jack Jr. Jack, yeah. with uh, got electrocuted. <laughs> and then his three older boys after that, David, Kevin, Kevin. and then Carrie yeah. were the the main attraction david was widely considered to be uh probably the better all-around wrestler and in on a maybe a fast track to be that's when they were still in the nwa and he probably was on the fast track to be in that group with the harley race at the time and uh, rick flair and those guys uh kevin was probably the most athletic and carrie was had the look he was the vince mcmahon guy before vince mcmahon really even thought about that um, just had the body, the, the women. I mean, he couldn't really go down an aisle to get to the ring without, you know, 500 women grabbing him and trying to kiss him and that type of thing. Yeah. But he had the I look the and, and he was my favorite guy, you know, and looking back on it, he's not the most handsome man, you know, I also know the feeling rest his soul, but, uh, yeah, it, it was amazing to, to watch because as I said, they, they were over, they, they could have committed any crime in Texas and gotten away with it. But as it turns out, once you get into the late eighties and nineties, when they started to have some, some trouble, mm-hmm. they didn't get out of it. And, uh, it was kind of tragic. Well, it was kind of, it was definitely tragic. Yeah. It's really a, the whole legacy of the Von Erics is like this, this tragedy this almost like this Shakespearean play 
that happens. You talk about Jack Jr. passing away, and then maybe go into a little bit of some of the history of what happened with the next series of these superstar young men that, that were so over and so popular and had, uh, as you said, a rocket to success. Absolutely. So David, David, as I mentioned, he was considered the best all around, and he was over in Japan and died under mysterious circumstances. You know, it was labeled as an intestinal issue. Most people think it was something to do with drugs. Uh, regardless, you know, the, the, the gentleman dies o- over in Japan and it, it, it hit like a ton of bricks. I mean, it was led the TV, you know, news in Dallas and all of those papers and all that stuff. And that's what uh, precipitated probably their biggest show ever was the yeah. the cavalcade of champions or whatever, however they described it as the David Von Erich Memorial. And they had, you know, 40,000 people in Texas Stadium where the, where the Cowboys played. Yeah. And if I remember the timing right, I think that was probably 84, 85, 86, somewhere in that range. Uh, I think it was 86. 86. Yeah. Okay. And I, what was the first year of WrestleMania? 1980. Well, it's, so it's a year. It's, I think it's, what is it? 85. Four. How many 19, years have been going? It's been what, going forever. This is WrestleMania what? WrestleMania 1 is 1985. Okay, so sure? Yeah. Okay. So I, I was alive. I wasn't aware of, <laughs> before you two you know, fisticuffs over dates. Um, I wasn't aware, really aware of the WWE. So to me, that was the biggest thing ever. 40,000 right. people. And then it was... Well, uh, it was the biggest wrestling event at the time. Yeah. So the first WrestleMania didn't really... It, it wasn't as huge a draw. Yeah. But WrestleMania 3 was. WrestleMania 3 was huge. So, so in true Texas fashion, you know, the 40,000 people in, into that uh, facility, it was it was a big event. And uh, I think it was about three years later, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it was when uh, three or four years later, uh, Mike Von Erich, who was the mm-hmm. next oldest or under carry. So what is that? Number four. Yeah. Uh, he committed suicide and he had gotten into some trouble, you know, right. a couple of days before with uh, maybe drinking and driving, some things like that. And uh, they they found him in a in a park. He's got an interesting backstory because he almost died before, didn't he? Prior to this, yes, he was uh, uh, wrestling overseas somewhere in the Middle East, uh, Israel. Yes, and I I don't remember the entire. I think he got sepsis or something. Yeah, yeah, he had uh, to have he dislocated his shoulder. They did emergency surgery or something like that, and he got sepsis on the on the plane ride back, and um, he almost died uh, from that, but miraculously survived. Right. Yeah, I forgot about that, but that does jog the memory. And then he ultimately committed suicide. And then a few years after that, Carrie gets in, which I guess would have been the early 90s, yeah. 91, 92, 93, somewhere in that range. Carrie gets in a motorcycle accident, not wearing any shoes. Yeah, crazy. And as a motorcycle rider in my past, you know, that's one of the dumber things you can do in your life. And he ultimately loses his ankle. They they tried to save it and he came back maybe too quickly. And I forgot about this. He he got amputated, didn't yes. he? Yeah. Came back too early and it really uh, messed it up completely and amputated his, his foot. And I think from the ankle down, and but he ultimately came back and wrestled. And matter of fact, when he was in the WWE, mm-hmm. that was on one foot. Yep. Oh, I, yeah. yeah I, yep. somebody, you Absolutely. told me this, Zach. I, I forgot about this. He mm-hmm. was wrestling on one foot the whole time. And uh, then it was a, a few years after that, he commits suicide, um, which was that that was kind of shocking. I mean, obviously, anytime somebody feels the need to do that is shocking. But, uh, you know, we. You look on the outside, you know, from the periphery and you see people who seemingly have it all and it just yeah. doesn't matter. Right. You know, it's their own internal demons. And 
And then uh, I believe Chris Von Erich, the youngest brother, I think he ultimately committed suicide as well. I don't remember the year, but uh, Kevin is the the sole surviving member of that that family. I mean, obviously he's had a family after that, but uh, it it's an amazing lineage of tragedy. And, you know, I'm sure it's not just that family. I mean, I'm sure there's a number of, of people around the country that have gone through similar things, but that's a lot, especially yeah. for somebody in the, in the, um, you know, in the public eye. And you, yeah, that's exactly what you're talking about. When you talk about how big they were in Texas and how big they could have been, uh, I mean, they, if all of them would have probably survived and, and not have passed, they probably all could have made it big. And, and the Von Erich's name would be known as we probably listened to Hulk Hogan and right. Ric Flair and all those guys, because you know, Texas is a pretty big state. And there's a lot of, a lot of great wrestling that's come out of Texas. Stone Cold Steve Austin has mm-hmm. come out of Texas. A lot of great wrestlers in that area. And Mark I think Henry Mark, yeah, yeah, there could have been a lot of, um, I think even Shawn Michaels did. Shawn Michaels, yeah, had a, yeah, no, he did some yeah. time in WCW. Michael Hickenbottom? Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but it's really, it really track. And, and as you listen to this podcast, you want to learn some more information too. If you have the Vice Channel, you can go back. There's a Dark Side of the Ring on the Von Erich yeah. family, and then also on Vice, there's another show called Tales of the Territory. Uh, the Rock's production company seven is bucks, Seven baby. Bucks Productions. Why you look at me like I'm affiliated. Because you are. You get about a percentage of whatever The Rock gets on there. <laughs> and uh, they just came out with a territory uh, talking about the, the Texas territory and talking about the Von Erichs there. And, and Kevin is actually the one that's um, sitting in on that part of it as well. And yeah. coming out soon is... Uh, I don't know what the movie's called. I think it's, or, called, no, the it's called the Iron, Iron Claw. Claw. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. With Zac Efron. I don't. That casting seems odd, but then I saw a picture of him. Yeah, he's and he up. put some time in either chemically or physically somewhere. We're going to say a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Uh, MJF is actually in the movie as well, too. I do not know who he's playing. But I think I'm, he plays Lance, who after... Oh, Lance. The Lance, fake Von Eric. Yeah, he, he was uh, the guy that came in as the quote-unquote cousin. And uh, I remember that a little bit. That was after David died. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, the, that whole that whole territory, by the way, as an aside, and I'm sorry if we're running long, but the Von Erich Freebird uh, angle, mm-hmm. I think still today, probably the best in, in wrestling history. It's a strong program. It was again, this is back in the times of kayfabe. There was legitimate heat on the Freebirds. I mean, you. You go back and look at some of those videos, and uh, it's it's amazing to watch. And I don't think you see anything like that today. I mean, obviously, because you know it's predetermined in sports entertainment now. That's the moniker now. But back then, I don't know that you'll ever see anything like that again. It was it was awesome to be a part of. It's really hard to keep that up back then, too, as well. When you have to literally live your life in kayfabe, it's yeah. super hard to do well, that. Well, I think you mentioned in one of the previous shows, it, you had the benefit of no social media. I mean, right. thank goodness I grew up without social media. I would not want the evidence of some of the stuff I've done. You know, but but I would also there. say social media does James. help because if you look at MJF right now, who's probably seen as the biggest heel in all of wrestling, he's a bigger heel as well, too, because every single time he posts something, he posts it as if he's really MJF. And so if you meet him, People truly, and he he lives the gimmick. Yeah. He lives he'll who cuss you and, out, he, he'll throw stuff at you. And I and I think that's why to, I I don't watch wrestling near as much. I mean, if I see it on, you know, I'll stop and watch a little bit it, just for nostalgia. Heretic. <laughs> I still still do it. Yeah, I told you, I got five kids, two grandkids. I mean, good lord. Um, like good television. I will say, I think MJF is the most appealing wrestler today 
because of his work on the mic and because I think he subscribes to that old school theory. Yes. And I think that's why he's so popular. It's a today. generational talent. Yeah. I, I, I legitimately, I have, to be honest, to be fair, I've seen him wrestle maybe once, mm -hmm. but I've seen him work the mic a lot. And He's good. He, he's he really, good. I think, put out there that on social media, he only wrestled six matches in 2022. Yeah. But yet he's the biggest he's name the, that's in that. He's probably company. their best draw. He probably draws the most money uh, out no of anybody question. in that. No question. And he's talking about the year of 24 when he's a free agent. I mean, he's he's so good in bringing heat there. And that's just something that is lost because you will if you're tuning into a channel and you see him on there, you're going to he don't have to wrestle. You can listen to him yeah. talk. There's only a few people out there right now that draw your attention that can do that where they don't have to actually work in the ring. They can work a mic. They can have a backstage segment and you will tune off everything else aside you to listen to what this person's going to have to say. Yeah, And I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but I think that's, that's also the same thing with stone cold or the rock. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. They, they didn't need to do any of that stuff because they were so good on the mic. And you also can kind of see that with their popularity. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially with, with Steve, in the, the later years with all of his injuries, I mean, yeah. he, he could wrestle, mm -hmm. but he could work a mic. Yeah. And his popularity didn't wane. He's still over. I mean, yeah. if he showed up tomorrow or he showed up, yeah, Friday on SmackDown. I mean, if you hear the glass breaking, yeah. the, the pop would be yeah, the you know, bigger than Dr. Pepper. Room. Yep. Pop would be bigger than Dr. Pepper. That's also Where's invented the, in Waco. Producer. Producer. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Another Waco reference for you, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, it's been good. So to, to put a little bow on this whole thing, it's been pretty here. Kind of give us a little... Uh, uh, you're just ideas on the Von Erics. What do you want the audience to leave with today about knowing about them? The, uh, that it, it was the golden to me, it was the golden era of wrestling. Obviously, everybody's going to be different. I, you know, if you're in Minnesota, it probably was the Ganya territory yeah. and Hogan and those guys. Um, obviously, you know, East Coast, you, you're probably the WWE. Hogan and, Homer. Know, gold, gor Gorilla Monsoon mm -hmm. and Hogan when he moved in. San Martino. Bruno San Martino and all that stuff. But it was the most <laughs> amazing um, angle ever. The, you know, Von Erichs, Freebirds, it didn't matter who the Von Erichs were against. If you were against the Von Erichs, you were public enemy number one. It didn't matter who you were. If you were Brian Adidas or B Bugsy McGraw, it did, and these are, you know, low card yeah. guys, but it didn't matter. You're going you're gonna to get your butt handed to you on the way out. Low no card guys, but top guy names. Top guy names. Brian Adidas, Bugsy <laughs> McGraw. I just got to say this really quick. I love the gleam in your eye when you're reflecting on this. You know, we're big fans and we talk about eras that we grew up in and what we liked in watching wrestling and you talking about it, the nostalgia for it. It's just such an amazing sport and spectacle. And I think maybe that played into what happened with the Von Erics. We talk about the multiple suicides is just the expectation and the pressure to be kings of the state and sure. kings of the territory and having to live up to the name, uh, it's, it makes it so tragic. But there's a beauty to the passion that the fans and the people had and still have to this day about this family, about their legacy and their lineage. Yeah, I, I only I, I grew up very poor, very, very poor. So I only got to go to, to two shows. Um, one one of them I got to go to is a, a friend of mine in the neighborhood. His grandfather was the announcer, mm -hmm. the ring announcer. It was at Connolly High School in the Connolly gym. And uh, that's where I got my first autograph. And it was of Carrie. Wow. There's a line of people. Wow. I mean, a long line of people. That's that's awesome. it. And I just walked up to the front of the line. <laughs> like I didn't even see the line. How old are you? And, um, 
seven, eight, He's nine. Get away, in that yeah, range. yeah. You can get yeah, away. You that. get away with, with a lot of stuff. And I put the. I still have the photo. And it was with him. He and his dog Bo. Hmm. And I remember to this day. You know, you talk about the gleam, just the nostalgia. You know, yeah. you, you romanticize the stuff that you enjoyed as a kid. And I remember him. Um, taking the, the picture from me, signing it. And then I also said, Hey, could you sign Bo's name as well? Oh, now how dumb is that? But I still have, a, I tried to look for it. I was going to bring it. Um, Zach would have you need to find that. Yeah, yeah. I need, do need to find the second show I was at. Oh, and the, super the, glued my head on your body. <laughs> the second show I went to was at the heart of Texas Coliseum. And, um, the, the thing I remember most about that was a friend of mine from school was in a different seating area and he had a sign that said, uh, Jimmy Garvin eats quiche. <laughs> so that's what I remember. Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. That's awesome. Hey, we usually have a sponsor and we would love for your business to be our sponsor today. Stumpy's Alligator Farm and Yarn Shop? <laughs> no, the, no, the, the other business. Oh, the, the, yeah, the Suzanne Allen Designs. Table. Yeah, we, we're, uh, we're doing well. It's, uh, you know, we frame things, we uh, restore oil paintings and clean them and things like that. But uh, frame jerseys, you know, whether you have a Steve Sackisich jersey, uh, Nick Johnson jersey, a Desmond Bain jersey, it doesn't matter that. Any, any, it's a nice group to be with. All right. Tell you. And how do we find you? Uh, SuzanneAllenDesigns.com. Oh, very A L L A I N. That wow. kind of Allen, because she's French. You know, you, those Frenchies oh, 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 can be a little different. And when you different. go to the website, if you mention this podcast, you get one percent off your order. Maybe more. I'll think about it. <laughs> At least one yeah. percent. I will think about it. I'm pretty when sure. When I see it come in, just if you mention literally chasing the hug. Yeah, it should be mention more. chasing the hug, and you're going to get a mystery discount from parts unknown. You will get a discount. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Excellent uh, website under design. Let me say that too. <laughs> That's awesome. No, thank. I'm sorry to to ramble on, guys. No, you know, there's no. so many good things about learn Waco. stuff. Lots uh, of it. So many good things about Texas. I, the last thing I told you, what what do Texans most happy about? Being from Texas. We, oh, we, hey, we, we, it's like being from Fort Wayne. Tell me. <laughs> Same from Jersey. Same Meh. from Jersey. Meh. Well, we have been chasing the hug with us here and you there. I've been Steve Sackisitz. I've been Tarantula Jones. I've been in awe of being around you gentlemen. Brian Cox. Jason's here too. Thank you. That Brian Cox segment was fire, yo. Fire! <laughs>